So role of the husband. I hope that encouraged you and maybe was a reorientation of like, all right, okay, yes, leader, but not that kind of leader. Yes, lover, but not that kind of love. And maybe if you were like me, wow, learn her. I didn't even, I didn't even know that was, that was part of it. So guys, see if you can say it with me. What are our three, three key roles? Leader, lover, learner. Say it again. Leader. Lover, learner. One more time. Leader, lover, learner. And the leader is what kind of leader? Servant leader. leader. And the love is what kind of love? It's focused on giving, not taking. And then learning stands alone. Learn. Just think, I need to learn her. I need to continually learn her. All right, ladies, thank you for coming back. And that group of ladies out there that are talking to each other and are not coming back and said they're going to Panera Bread, get back in here now. I see you. Now, seriously, I want to begin and just say this up front. Ladies, if you're married, and young ladies even, or not so young, if you're here and you're not married, listen to this. This also needs a massive just reorientation to be a wife is one of the highest callings you could say yes to it's it's god's design it's wonderful we live in a world that it just breaks my heart i've got three daughters now they're all getting up there one's 27 one's 23 one's 17 and it's amazing from the world they are not getting any apart from my sweet wife Vicky they are not getting any encouragement as to how wonderful a calling this would be it's all about what are you going to be and make sure you use your degree and make sure you have a career and make sure you and you and you and you and oh by the way if you get married that's just kind of like i'm married whatever it's still all about all these other things there's listen to me I hope you heard me in the first hour. This is not set aside all your gifts and all your abilities and just serve this selfish man hand and foot. No, but do hear this, ladies. To be a wife is not just an an add-on, just a, oh, by the way, this was God's design. It's one of the most glorious, high callings you could step into, to be a man's wife. To put, because it's not just to be his wife. I hope you heard me in the first hour. When you say yes to being a wife, you just said yes to stepping into, of everything in our world, of everything in our world, marriage is the only thing that God calls one flesh. As as wonderful as mother and daughter is, and Vicky's on her way back from St. Louis right now. She drove to St. Louis where our daughter Lauren is 27, just moved. And they had three days of mother-daughter time, and it was wonderful. Vicky's so happy. She almost can't talk without crying when I talk to her. And I'm happy. And I got all these pictures back of pumpkin farms and apple farms and things they did. And I understand. And I rejoice. So I, I kept things going while she was going, and I sent her with my blessings. But folks... Mother-daughter is never called one flesh. I know I don't look as cute as Lauren, but she's coming back to the main deal. Hello. She's coming back to the main deal right here. This is the main deal. This is the one flesh. So best friends can be wonderful, ladies. Your relationship with your mother or your parents, your relationship with your children. But just keep in mind, there's nothing else that God calls one. And, and God doesn't say, oh, the mother-daughter relationship will put on display to a hurting world the gospel. It says husband, wife. And that's why I think about it. I don't think it's an accident or just like, oh, wonder what that's about. I don't see as much trouble between mothers and daughters as I do between husbands and wives. And that mother-daughter relationship is not the one that's supposed to put on display the gospel. So I think our enemy, Satan, fundamentally goes after marriage, marriage, marriage. If he can make this bad, this sad, this difficult, then the impact of that is far greater than mothers and daughters not getting along. High calling, wonderful thing to be a wife. So here's what I've done with this one. With the guys, we had lover, I meant leader, lover, learner. And you got to be careful how you say that. It's not lever. It's leader. Lead her. 
And there's not a fourth one of lever. It's leader, lover, learner. Ladies, I want to show you four biblical essentials. We're, again, we're not going to cover everything, but I've tried to look at the scriptures and give you some handholds, just like with the guys. Like, how do I go after this? If I wanted it to get better, what? Well, I've tried to help you. Work on leading as a servant. Look on loving as giving and begin to learn her. Ladies, I want to try to do the same for you. And I want to tell you, Vicki helped me with some of this. So I know you might be thinking, you're not a woman. Hello, I know that. And you've never been a wife. You're right again. But I'm going to scripture and I have talked with my wife to get her help on some of this and say, what do you think it is that ladies really need that would help the most? Number one, let's talk about the wife's purpose. The wife's purpose is to be a helper suitable for her husband. That's what you find in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. To be a helper suitable. So what does that mean? What does that term even mean, helper suitable? Literally, it means in the original language, one who helps. But the term also communicates the idea of completing, complementing, corresponding to, fitting perfectly to. Now, be careful here. I don't think it's correct when, even though I'm saying completing and complementing, when people are single, I don't think they should go around with this sense of, I'm incomplete, I'm incomplete, I'm incomplete until I get married or find. You are, you are complete in Christ. Your identity should be in Christ long before. And the most healthy person coming into a marriage is not someone who's like, I'm a puzzle that's missing a piece I'm nothing without you. You make me complete. Run from that. That may seem attractive and flattering, but that person that is like looking, think, think of what's going on here, right? I'm looking to you to complete me because I'm so unhappy with me at this point. But I think with you, that's not what it's talking about. But there is a sense that you see in Scripture where God boldly says, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he made him a helper suitable, a helper suitable. The term is used several times. Now, here's where I want to make sure I'm going to try throughout, just like throughout the, the work, the hour with the men, I kept trying to point to Jesus and say, look, it's, it's, it's about being like Jesus. Ladies, I'm going to keep trying to show you how so much of what God calls you to do, where our world would say, what? That makes you less. And that makes you, oh, don't, I want to keep trying to show you how what God calls you to do actually also takes place within the Trinity. That there is submission within the Trinity. And so, and and there's this sense right here that the things that God's calling you to do are very high calling. And it's some of the stuff that you see going on within the Godhead himself. So you're not some just loser, servant, when you begin to operate the way God has called you to operate. This term, helper or help, is the same term that's used in, to refer to God in Psalm 22, verse 19. But you, O Lord, be not far off, you my help. In Psalm 54, 4, behold, God is my helper. It's the same Hebrew word that he uses to refer to you and your husband. Psalm 94, 17, if the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have dwelt in the abode of silence. I'm be, be encouraged, ladies. It's like there is a great sense at which the obvious is right there from the beginning. He thought we need help. We need help. And, and, and here's what I truly believe. Not in a pathetic way like with the sheep. You may think, yes, you are very, they, every man I know needs help. That's, but if you think about it, God could have made us self-sufficient. Autonomous. First, he didn't make human beings autonomous or self-sufficient. He designed us to actually need a relationship with him. But here's what I believe about men. He could have made us differently. There are men who try to be autonomous and act self-sufficient, but that's not how God designed us. He actually designed us with the need. And I'm talking about more than a sexual need. The need for another person. A complimentary other person in our lives. Rather than I've got everything I need. Vicky and I are so different. That's why I bought the incompatible couple, right? But in your sin, you see it as, how's this ever going to work? But when it's God's grace and what God's doing, God knew. Brad Bigney, those of you that are in our church, then you really know, right? It's like, 
oh my goodness, there's some things he needs, he needs that he doesn't have. Like, well, let's say mercy. And so Vicki Bigney is like mercy on two legs. You know, just gift of mercy. She is just delightful with people. I am like, get it done. I mean, make a list. And if you do something that wasn't on your list, write that on the list and cross that through because that feels good too. And so, and then I get this person that's just like, I mean, they're just, she's just talking. She talks to everybody, everybody, everywhere we go. Now, we've been married 30 years. You know what's happened to me? I talk to people all the time. I haven't always been this way. I want you to know so much that I love my parents. I was on the phone with my dad today and I love him. I love my twin brother, my younger brother. I've got friends that I love, but listen to me. I've got teachers last night in a small group. We did an icebreaker. Who are people that have impacted you? I've got teachers that impacted me greatly. There is nobody that's even a close second as to who has had the greatest impact on me. I love John Piper, C.J. Mahaney. I don't know them. I read them. And even though I read them, the impact of living with Vicki Dill, who chose to become Bigney, isn't even close. Being with her has changed me more than anything else. Now, I say that to you ladies to, to, to be encouraged. It's not just, oh, I do laundry and I cook and I'm, I compliment this person. I'm a helper for somebody. What a, oh. You get a chance to be a part of someone who is so much better because of what you are able to do in their life. And that doesn't mean you nag them into being better. We'll talk about that in a minute. But this is a high calling. Don't, I mean, Vicki has her L.A. degree. She's very gifted. She can teach. She's got all kinds of things that she can do. But there's nothing more important than she's done than really be my wife. And as a pastor, the ability that I've had by God's grace to see the impact, there is a little vivacious, delightful, beautiful woman behind the scenes that doesn't get a lot of spotlight. And I'm telling you what, Brad Bigney would not be who he is and could not do what he does without Vicki Dill Bigney. And she's not even in the room, so I'm not even just trying to suck up to her here. It's just so true. It's so true. So don't, ladies, think in terms of, wow, wow, this doesn't seem that exciting. Helper, suitable. God designed the wife's role for a unique purpose. He designed the wife's role for a unique purpose. She has a unique role of companionship. Companionship, because we were made in God's image. I, I touched on it already. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God is a relational being, and he made us to be relational beings. We're created in God's image. The fact that God created Adam and Eve without children communicates a strong message about the priority of the marriage relationship first. And the wife is the husband's unique companion. But it takes, I mean... It takes some grace and intentional, humble effort to become close. I used to hear, I hope this encourages some of you, I used to hear people say, oh, my wife is my best friend. I just think, that is never going to happen. I cannot imagine that in a million years. We are so different, and I don't think she likes me, and she doesn't seem to like, I think she liked me before we got married, but I do not think she likes me now. And that was not true. That took some time. We had things to work. And now I am that guy. I am that guy. That would say to you, my wife is my best friend. I can't wait for my best friend to get back tonight. It's not, it's not like while she was gone. Used to when the marriage was bad, I'll admit. I think, oh, she's going to her mom's for three days. I can read. I can do what I want to do. And now it's like, oh, my goodness. I miss her talking to her being with her. There's no one I would rather be with her. Unique role of companionship. She has a unique role in sexual relationship. Won't say much here because tomorrow we have an entire hour. That's right. So you can just save it for there. But it's a unique role in the sexual relationship. I know we live in a day where it's like everybody's having sex. Here's what Vicky and I, and, I, and we'll get into it tomorrow, but here's what Vicky and I will say to each other. Everybody that's not supposed to be having sex is. Everyone that is supposed to be having sex isn't. We'll talk about that tomorrow. It's like amazing. 
People who aren't married are having sex. People who are married are not. What? I'm going to help you tomorrow. So come, ready, to listen. (laughs) She has a unique role in responsibilities. Companionship, sexual relationship. Vicky, you'll appreciate that. Vicky's always like, honey, be careful. Please, be careful. Whenever she knows I'm teaching on this, I did a radio interview last week on, she's like, what's it on? I said, sex. She's like, oh my goodness, I am praying. I am praying. Behave. Behave. Because last year I taught on sex in Denver and it caused such a stink. They had to apologize after I left and that the CDs weren't offered and it was just a huge but I mean, you know what happens when things like that happen? Then, then everyone wants it. So everywhere I've gone the rest of the year is like, can I get a copy of that? It's like, I don't have a copy of it. They've like banished it forever. It's like, wow. People either loved it or they hated it. So now I know you're excited, but, but I'm, I'm on my best behavior now. Because what it was is the notes are fine. I got off the notes a, a bit. And that's when things go awry, yes. And uh, the notes are not offensive. <laughs> But they're not as exciting either. (laughs) But I digress. That's all coming tomorrow. (laughs) Don't miss it. (laughs) Because there just might not be an audio version of it available. (laughs) You need to be here. What about some practical ways to help your husband? If you are his helper. Well, you know, let me back it up before I read through that list. Let me tell you what this looks like. You have a unique role in responsibilities. And just like I was saying to the guys, I think it would help us. If we're really going to love each other. There's nothing in the Bible that makes these hard and fast lists. The man takes out the garbage. The woman bathes the kids. The man fixes the storm door. The woman buys, does grocery shopping. The man, just together, you're running a home. Serve each other. Help each other. Love each other. So I know often this can kind of just go one direction. I'm going to pick on you for a minute, ladies. Ladies often will act like, I wish you'd help, help, do some of my stuff. It's okay for you to do some of our stuff too. Oh, it's quiet now. (laughs) So I mean, if you know he's like meeting after meeting after meeting, it's not wrong. I hope you know God wouldn't look and say, don't you dare do that. If you can pull a start cord and the mower is self-propelled and all you do is grab that lever and it goes, mow the yard for him. Surprise him when he gets back from Iowa. Instead of finding the yard knee deep and thinking the first night home I've got to mow, you're like, I'm going to mow for my man. Right? If you can. I'm not saying always. Now you do all your stuff and his stuff because he's just watching football. That's not what I mean. But when we had five little kids and I did want to watch Monday Night Football, I was like, hey, you know what, honey? I can do the laundry. I'm downstairs anyway. The washer and dryer's right there. I can throw a load in, go back, watch, put it to the dryer, watch, bring it out. I mean, it was a mountain of clothes. You can imagine there's seven of us since little kids. Just this mountain. But you might as well just sit there with this mountain and match socks and fold while you're watching a four-hour football game. So I would step in and help her Listen to me, that little, beautiful, sweet, gift of mercy woman, she's better. She's better with mechanical stuff than I am. I'm all like, I like to draw, I like to read, I like to play music, I like to talk. I mean, I can't even figure, I look at a curtain rod and I'm just like, I'm not trying, it's not that I don't want to do it, I just don't see it, I don't get it. Got this little design, I'm just like, oh my goodness, I don't, oh, I don't. This is so, I mean, she can, this, la, I'll give you an example. One of the worst things in our home is we have this water filter system. Oh, and down under the sink, there's these five canisters and they have to be replaced once a year. Just say nightmare, nightmare. All these hoses and you can't remember how it goes and that, that, you have to watch it. That woman, she's got the computer going and there's a video with some man in California talking you through it. which means nothing to me. It's like, I, that's still not helpful. And she's got it and she does the filter system. And I cheer her on. I'm like, oh, thank you, honey. And she knows. I mean, she's fixed the little piston on the storm door. She took the, the heating element out of our dryer and got online and ordered another one and put it in. Now, if you can't do these things, I'm not saying you have to, but she can. And so she doesn't just sit there thinking, not my job. You know, even though it's going to take him like 
till Jesus comes to even figure out how to get the element in. That's a man thing. He's getting that element out. And he's going to do that on top of everything else he does. So I'm not sitting around, right? So we've just divided up. I do do the budget and there's other things I do. And, and you heard me say, I help. But man, that helps me. Now, when the kids were little and we had five and she was homeschooling, she was not changing the water filters. So she wasn't doing storm doors. She wasn't doing anything. But we just had broken doors and bad water. And, you know, <laughs> I would try, but it was just like, oh, my goodness, unless a man from church comes and helps, this is so not happening. And then I only had one day off, and she didn't really want to see me work on it all day because I would work on it all day, and it was worse than when I started. She'd rather me play a board game, so we just had broken stuff because I'm not good at it all, but she is. And it's like, oh, my goodness, she helps me. She helps me in the areas that she can. And instead of holding back and saying, well, that's not my job, pray. What are some other ways that you could be his helper? Pray faithfully. Oh my goodness, listen to me. I, know, I hope that doesn't fall flat on you. But if you're not praying for him, who is? Who is? Who should care more than you do? You, you're living with him. Pray. How much do you pray for him in comparison to how much you complain about him to other women? Ooh. I just stopped speaking and started meddling. But really... When you pray, you're talking to someone who can absolutely get a hold of him. I mean, I'm, hopefully you're not praying all imprecatory psalms. You know, dash his teeth on the rocks and break his, break his head, you know. Find some other psalms to pray for him also. And I'm talking about, you know, God can work in his life. How much do you... And do you just throw just big old general softball prayers up? Just God... God, just bless him real good. What does that mean? You see his areas of weaknesses. You see his struggles. Pray specifically. Pray strategically. You know him better than anybody else. You ought to have specific things that you're praying for him. Pray faithfully. Grow personally. One of the best things Vicky does for me is to grow personally in her relationship with the Lord. Oh, my goodness. When she's meeting with the Lord and she's growing with the Lord, I have a better wife. Because then she's not needing, get this, ladies, here's how I think it works. Guys, when we're not walking in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, spending time with Jesus, I think we stop being like Him and we start getting harsh and dictatorial. Ladies, I think when you're not spending time with Jesus, getting rooted in Him and satisfied in Him, you get more needy and you look to your man to do more for you than he can do. And you're much more easily disappointed, but you're going to him with too much. You need too much. Grow personally. One of the best things that you could do, grow personally. I'm so proud of Vicky. Now, I had to help. So, guys, listen. In those younger years, so, again, I hope you keep hearing. When there's different seasons, things have to look different. So, now, Vicky, our kids are 27 to 17. There's no excuse for Vicky to not have a quiet time, Really? But when we had five little kids, and it didn't matter what you did, you could not get up before they did. You know how that is. I had to help her to see that she could have it. But I knew it was worth it. I wanted her to know the Lord. So, so I would get up, get all the kids in the living room so that she could be in the bedroom and have a time with the Lord while I had a time with the kids. And then I would get breakfast started. And then I would go to work. And then she would start home school. But guys, if you're just like, I get up, I take care of me, I do my own thing, I had to work, she should have a quiet time. That's a little hard to pull off. Help her. But ladies, I hope you don't think, oh, during these early little kid years, I just can't meet with the Lord. You must. Now, it wasn't some 45-minute thing with colored pencils and charts, but just 10, 12 minutes alone with the Lord, reading his word, praying, enjoying him. Grow personally. Encourage regularly. Be your husband's number one fan. Cheer him on. Cheer him on. Again, I know you might be thinking, I, he needs to give me something to cheer about. Well, let me, let me push back a little bit. Our tendency is to be gap-focused. And it's like, if this is what I'd like, if you're here, I'm focused on the gap. Does that make sense? And I'm not going to say, yeah, yay, until we get here. Because I'm afraid if I start saying yay too soon, you'll just stop. 
The opposite is true. Ladies, think about in parenting. If you've had kids at all, if you are just focused on what they're not doing, does that child feel encouraged and do they actually do better? No. But when you say, way to go. I mean, don't say it if it's not true. But ask God to give you eyes to see anything right. Any areas of growth, anything that he's doing right and encourage him. I think sometimes wives, you don't realize how much what the guy hears is just sounds like all criticism, all what we're doing wrong, what we're doing wrong, where we fell short. And you just think, oh my goodness, but if I tell him enough, he'll get better. Let me know how that works out for you. We don't. We don't. I've lived that with Vicky. I kept telling her, I thought, I'm going to tell her, I'm going to tell her, I want the drawers shut, I want the keys on the hook, put the scissors back so I'll know where they are next time. Hello, scissors right here, this is the way to live. I want clutter off the counter, I don't want used old mail all around the toaster, like, hmm. But she's doing me the same way on, that wasn't important to her, but there's other stuff important, and we were just riding each other. Because I just thought, oh my goodness, we just got married. I can't live like this. I'm going to have to stay on this. I mean, like, on this until this is changed. She didn't change at all. And she was on me like that. And I didn't change it because, let me let you in on a dirty little secret. When you do guys like that, we actually say inside, yeah, like when hell freezes over is when I'll start. You going to talk to me like that? You going to ride me like a little pony? I'm not your pony. I'm a stallion. <laughs> Stallions don't like to be whipped like little ponies. I'm not some Shetland pony that's going to be barked at and told what to do. We just, I know some of that's sin, but some of it is don't talk to them like they're children. And I know you might say, well, then don't act like one of the kids. Good point. But, <laughs> but just ask God for help. That in the midst of things that you do need to be saying to each other, encourage. Encourage. Make sure some of what you're saying, you're encouraging him on what is right. Let me give you some examples. If you're struggling, I don't even know where to begin. What could I possibly say? Let me give you some examples. Thank you for being such a good leader in our home. If he's not, don't say it. But if he is, even if there's, there's baby leadership happening, all of us go in baby steps, right? Thank him. Thank you for being such a good father, our children. See, here's what sometimes happens. We don't say anything about what we do like, and we just keep talking about what we don't like. What, what I'll see is sometimes the guy's a great dad. He hangs out with the kids. He plays with the kids. He, she never says a thing about that. It's the things that he's not doing that she's all about. Or here's what's tough, ladies. You got to watch this. You just don't like how he did it. So you go off with the girls to Panera Bread. You ask him to take care of the kids. You come home. They ate Pop-Tarts. And you're like, we, we only do Pop-Tarts on Friday. He let them have Pop-Tarts. They didn't get in bed on time. The kitchen is a wreck. But did he spend time with the kids? Now, if he was just on a computer game with a friend in Louisville the whole time and the house is a wreck because he wasn't even, that's different. But he was with them. And so he gave them Pop-Tarts and he let them stay up late. And so the car seat is in the bathtub and we're not sure why, but, you know... If you just come home and you start saying, honey, what? Pop-Tarts, get in bed. Everybody get in bed. And you get that car seat out of the tub right now. (laughs) And just come in and think, oh, Pop-Tarts. That's in the tub. Okay. Honey, thank you. I mean, if no one needs suture and no one is hurt and everyone looks happy... Thank him. Your husband just spent time with his kids. They will remember those Pop-Tarts. And whatever happened in the bathtub with the car seat, they're probably going to remember that. Some fun stuff probably happened that doesn't happen with you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being such a hard worker and not being lazy. It may be that he doesn't disciple the boys and you wish he had a one-on-one discipleship on Saturday. But does he go to work and does he come home and does he bring the paycheck home instead of going to southern Indiana and gambling it away or drinking it away? Yes. If if the answer is yes, thank him. You see what I'm getting at? Just it's easy to see everything that you wish was different. Ask God to give you eyes to see what you could be thankful for. 
when we had five little kids, Vicky could not do this, nor did she do this. But I understood. But one of, the, one of the things that makes me feel the most special is when she says to me, is there anything I can do to help you? Now, you know, you know what my number one answer usually is? No. But it still makes me feel special. But sometimes there is. I'm like, oh, yes. I'm almost out of beans, like right now. Out of beans, I have two cans left down in the kitchen at the church. I need some more beans for church, and I rotate my beans. Black beans, pinto beans, but anyway, she knows that. I need beans. But I'll say, oh, yes, I'm almost out of beans. Can you get some more beans? Or, oh, I had those pants, my, my wedding suit pants tailored. Can you go by and pick that up? I used to do all that when we had little kids, but I'm not saying she's my slave, she's my servant, but it makes me feel special that I don't feel like I'm just on my own. I need to... Work at the church, go to all these meetings, stay at night, do all that I do, and go pick up my pants, and go get beans when I'm out of beans, and, and you're a helper suitable. And I know you, you may have other things going on, but I, it makes me feel special when it's think, she's thinking, is there any way I can help you? It's kind of sort of biblical. Like, I'm supposed to be a helper suitable. Can we have sex tonight? If you've never said that, try that. Like after tomorrow's session, try that. I mean, that makes you feel very special. It's like, so, so I know, ladies, there's other ways that you feel special, but guys, you can correct her if she tries this, and you're like, wrong. No, don't ever do that again. But I'm saying most men, it's like, oh, yes, I feel special. Yes, yes, the answer is yes. Inquire. Talk to him. Ask him. About, inquire daily. Ask him. How he's doing. Now, again, this doesn't mean drill down in. If, if the answer's short, fine. Let it go. I know there's some guys that don't want to talk. But with me, there are some guys that actually talk. I don't think I'm the only one. But give it a shot. Pursue intimately. And we'll talk about that some more tomorrow. Pursue intimately. Recognizing that, think about it, all jesting aside... We live in a sex-saturated culture. We are being exposed and tempted by so much. And ladies, as, as a wife, you are the only, only place that he can go and with God's blessing enjoy sexual intimacy. He's not supposed to look at it on the computer. He's not supposed to undress ladies at work. He's not supposed to go off on the other side of town and, and find a prostitute. I, the list could go on, right? He's not supposed to become emotionally involved with a woman at work who does actually respect him and ask him questions and seem to show interest in him. He's supposed to resist all that. But if then when he gets home, he's got a wife who that door's been shut a long time ago. It's just not happening. And I find, I find it repeatedly like, it's just, no, we're not having sex. Not helpful. Not helpful. Play frequently. And by that I mean just don't be so uptight. Again, guys, correct, her, correct me and tell her, no, he's wrong if that's not you. I find most guys have a little bit of little boy at heart. And as life gets serious, if you're not careful, you can just get too serious. I like to play. Most men like to play with their wives. And I, I don't mean like I want to throw the ball with her. I just, <laughs> I just mean I like being silly. I like a home where we laugh. I want... I like it. She laughs easily. I want to laugh. I want to be silly. We make jokes. I want to spank her on the bottom in the kitchen. And, you know, and I don't want to run a little bit and just carry on. It's fun. We'll just do silly things. But if I had a wife that was like, honey, please. It's like, lighten up, girl. It's like, (laughs) I'm glad she will let me do that. So not in an inappropriate, I don't do that in TJ Maxx. I know she doesn't like that. And she doesn't want to run through the clothes rack with me. But just in our home, <laughs> you know, things that are within reason, be willing to play frequently. We'll just have silly things going on. The things that he likes. I know for you all it's special. Like if we're together and we're not talking, why even be together? That's how you can think sometimes. For guys, I know it's hard for you to grasp just being in the same room. Wonderful. I really don't need you to talk. In fact, it would be better if you didn't. (laughs) But you would just think, why am I here? It's like, I cannot tell. I I still have been yet 
able to explain to Vicky why I would like her to come down while I'm watching the Bengals. She doesn't understand it. I've tried to hit pause and explain first down, you've got four chances to move 10 yards. And usually after the third try, we're going to punt unless we're really close. And she's still, I'm not saying she's stupid. I don't think she really cares. But she doesn't understand it. That's what she'll say. I don't understand. Like, but I want, she reads, she loves to read the paper. I'm like, bring the paper down. Read the paper right here. Just be here. I want her around me. Instead of thinking, oh my goodness, I'm trying to read the paper and there's all this noise and there's the game. You could be single. And you could be reading the paper all by yourself. You have a husband who wants you in the room. This is a win. This is a good thing. Or if he's, if he's working on a Mustang in the driveway, I'm not saying you have to always do this. Just take your lawn chair out there and unfold it and sit there. If there's a magazine you like to read or even if it's your sister you want to talk to or whatever you usually do, if, you've, if you're checking things on your phone, just be near him. Unless he says, I don't want you there. Please go back in. But most guys I've found, they like their wives around just to be with him. Listen attentively. Now, this is what I mean. In many cases, the guys don't talk as much as the women do, but ladies, when they do, ooh, listen, listen, and ask questions, draw more out. When it happens, oh my goodness, listen attentive, attentively, speak respectfully. Oh, I, sh- I, I show that picture just as an example be careful about this too, ladies. We're just different. It's a big, long illustration that I don't have time to go into. But basically, it's an example that I thought was really funny of where this lady, this young wife, all evening has thought there's something massive wrong with us and our relationship. Because while they ate out that night, he just seemed removed and detached. And he wasn't, are you okay? No. And you know, an hour later, are we okay? Yeah. By the time she goes to bed, she's crying softly in her pillow. She's, she's got them near divorce now. He doesn't love me. Da, 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 da. And finally, it all comes out. His motorcycle wouldn't start. And he just keeps thinking about why. That's what we do, ladies. If you've ever wondered, what? We're thinking about something. We just, we do that. We just, we'll get on something and it's like, we're not mad at you. We're not, it's not that we don't love you. It's just, and so don't, I say that to say, don't assume that silence means the relationship has come to an end and we're in big trouble. Now, that's not true, at least with my wife. I mean, she's like a hummingbird. Just When she's quiet, oh boy. And so I know when we're riding the car, I mean, usually the way it works is she just talks and I just like, oh, oh. And so when she's not talking, it's like, wow, this is, wow. And so, I mean, I'm always like, my first thought is just, oh, my. And then I'll just say, are we okay? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's not you. I'm like, oh, it's not me. I don't care who it is, it's not me. (laughs) This is such good news. (laughs) And then I'm fine. I'm fine with silence as long as I know because usually silence signals there is trouble right here. There's trouble right here. Speak respectfully. Watch your tone. Watch your tone. It'd be amazing if you ever heard a tape recording of yourself. You might not realize it, but it's not just content. Tone matters. If it sounds like you just are, it's clipped and, and you talk down to him. Not good. Not good. Speak respectfully. Michael Pearl says, No man has ever crawled out from under his wife's criticism to be a better man, no matter how justified her condemnation. I agree. I've been a pastor 30 years. I have not seen, I have not seen any woman criticize her man into being an amazing, godly Man, I've never seen it happen. Correct privately. This goes with this. Please know there's a place for you to correct us. So guys, that goes back to the leadership and all that. You being the leader doesn't mean she can never correct you. That would be horrible. The Bible says correct one another, exhort one another, rebuke one another. But ladies, 
do it privately, never in front of the kids. I mean, Vicky's very good about that. I'll know what's coming if I'm kind of, and she'll say, honey, can I see you a minute? We'll go in the bedroom, and she'll always just lay her hand on my arm, and, I'll know, and she'll say, what is wrong? What do you mean what is wrong? Nothing's wrong. Shoes are everywhere. Pillows are everywhere. Things are, towels are on the floor in the bathroom. I mean, like, what is wrong? I came home, and her, honey, honey, what is wrong? And, and God has helped me to see what is usually wrong is if things here at the church, imagine this, are not good, and it all feels undone, and it didn't go well, and I've still got some bad stuff coming up, I, I've learned about me, I go home, and I don't hit people, and I don't use the F word, but I want it all orderly. And it's a false, right? I'm running to that instead of God. That is my security. I want towels on the rack. I want pillows in the corner of the couch. I want shoes on the shoe rack. I want keys on the duck hook. I want clutter off the counter. And when I find myself getting real, huh, 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 I'll know. It is when I'm stressed out about other things. But she rebukes me privately, which is very helpful. She came back to me recently. We had a big, long talk with one of our older kids where I was trying to help them leave the home forever. <laughs> and, uh, and they're older, and they have a real job making more money than I ever made till like 10 years ago. And, and it was like, I thought they were going to be with us through the summer, and then it turned into January, and then I was being told it's June. And I just... I was, I was harsh, she says. <laughs> and so later she said, you were harsh. You were harsh. And so, but privately. And so I went back to that person, asked for forgiveness. And uh, so she corrects me often. And I need her to. I mean, who better than Vicky is seeing what's going on? If she's not correcting me on that level at the home, what would I become at the church and beyond So guys, if you have intimidated your wife down into she never says anything to you because God forbid she knows it'll just be, that's not wise. You need input from her about you. But ladies, do it privately. I'm just, oh, I'm just, it's so awkward. I've had more than once women that begin to talk about their husbands on Sunday to me down in the sanctuary with him standing there like he's not. I don't want to say, we're talking about him, right? Right here? This is your husband. I thought he was your husband. She's talking about him like he's not there. Oh, don't do that. But I think it's like they just think, I can get away with this because if Brad wasn't here, he'd be getting really mad. So I'm going to say it all right now to Brad in front of him. And what can he do? (laughs) Uh, Don't do that. Do not do that. Correct privately. Laugh loudly. Just don't snort through your nose. Same way, just, just be someone, regardless of what's going on in life, that you have enough connection with the Lord Jesus Christ and enough perspective that you can laugh there. And let me, let me tell you, ladies, never mind makeup and all kinds of uh, systems. I think there's systems now. that you can, Nothing makes a woman prettier than a smile and laughter. You, you're beautiful creatures anyway, but when you're laughing, Beautiful. But you got to have a heart. you got to have a heart that easily laughs first. So you can't just go around trying to laugh. That's, no one enjoys that. <laughs> oh, she's laughing again. <laughs> it starts with the heart. If your heart is so burdened, so uptight, so bitter, so dark, I'm just saying trace it backwards. Why isn't there more laughter? And say, God, change my heart that I'd be that wife that laughs easily. All right? So there's some, 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 of the, some of the role. What about the wife's position to be submissive to her husband? Well, let's develop a biblical view on this. The world, ooh, when you bring this up, when I even mention this in wedding ceremonies now, it's like, oh, man, some family and friends just freak out because they're not thinking what the Bible is actually meaning, just like leadership doesn't bring to mind what the Bible is really meaning. So let's talk about it. Submission, get this, ladies, just like I talked about helper suitable, submission is present in the Godhead. So God hasn't called you to do anything that the Trinity itself isn't practicing within the Godhead. Submission is present in the Godhead. Submission is good because its foundation is in the nature and character of God. 
God the Son submitted to God the Father and came to the earth and laid aside his rights and were, were, was actually limited, had a, had a sense of limitation in his abilities for those years. But it was a choice to submit to his Father. And all throughout his ministry, think how often he said, I don't do anything that I don't see my Father. I don't do anything that I don't hear from my Father. I'm here to do my Father's will, the Father's work. Everything about Jesus, he had a submissive, he practiced. So just like I'm pointing the guys to Jesus for servant leadership, ladies, I know Jesus is a man. You say, but I'm a woman, I'm a wife. Jesus put on display and practiced perfect submission to the Father. It's not just like, well, oh my goodness, I can't find a good example for this. No, you look to Jesus also, just like we look to Jesus for Servant leadership. Submission existed before the curse of sin. So don't make the mistake of acting like, just like I hear people make the mistake of saying work is, a, is part of the curse. No, work was good. Work got harder after Genesis 3. Submission was prior to Genesis 3. It got more complicated and harder to do this right after Genesis 3. Submission existed before the curse of sin. Submission is God's divine plan for function and order. Just like everything, every, when you go through the scriptures, ladies, it's not just like you're being picked on. It's just clear that God operates this way. Every single hu- human being is a sinner. But when you look at what God's done, even though he knows it's two sinners, the man is just as big of a sinner as the woman. He says, in the home, I want the man to be the leader, servant leader, head, and the woman to submit. You go to a church. Every single man is a big, fat sinner. And yet he says, I want elders to lead. And have authority. And then you go to Hebrews and it says, folks, doesn't mean we're tyrants. We're not tyrants. But it says, I want you to submit. It uses that word, submit to your leaders and make, make their job a joy. Then you go outside of the church and the home and you look at the culture. And he doesn't say, oh, everybody's such a sinner. Just work it out. You don't want anybody to be... He says, I have ordained civil authorities, Romans 13. And he wants there to be governors and mayors and judges and presidents and... And these are not perfect people, but everywhere you look, God intended for there to be design and order, which includes authority and submission. Sin has screwed it up and made it difficult. But like I said earlier, just because something can be abused does not mean it should be abolished. We would have chaos if it were not that God had designed to give us function and order from the home and beyond. Submission is a way of life for every believer, not just the wife. So when you look in the scriptures, you'll see that men, and, and here's what I would say to you guys. If you think your, your wife struggles to do well with submission, check your own heart and say, does she, does she see you do well with submission? You say, what? There's areas of your life that, are you that guy that does nothing but talk bad about the pastor and the elders at church and And so for lunch, we don't just have roast, we roast the leaders. Are you always complaining about your boss and your supervisor? Are you always complaining about our national leaders? Are you you that guy? Are you that guy that runs your own business because you just can't work for anybody else? See, in some cases, there are men who won't submit, and then they complain that their wives aren't good at this. Guys, we, we shouldn't just be servant leaders and lovers and learners. We should also make sure that they see he doesn't just do what he wants all the time. There are times, I have to practice this. My kids love me, and I was here from the beginning, part of a church plant. And it was kind of fun back in the early days in the basement. Like, what do I want the church logo to be? That, I like it, good, that's it. Those days are gone. And now things take so much longer and... And things happen that I don't even agree with. Imagine that. I mean, it's not sin or I'd be out of here, but it's just a preference. Decisions get made and I'll think, what? No. And I'll go home and sometimes my kids, sometimes the kids are, you're the pastor. But I have to put on display. No, I said, I'm one of 10 elders and I'm just one voice. And so this is what we're doing now. I need to make sure that I model submission. Submission reveals a lot about a person's attitude towards God. It really reveals a lot about a person's attitude towards God. Because you've got to, first of all, get your head around 
God is sovereign and he has all authority and he's called me to this position and there's places where I have authority and there's places where I'm to submit and I want to do well in both. But your, your lack of doing well with submission really is a reflection of your attitude towards God. Recognize that submission is often misunderstood and therefore misrepresented. It's often misunderstood by our world and sometimes in the church and therefore misrepresented. So we're going to talk a little bit and try to clarify some. Submission is wrongly described. So here's biblical clarification and wrong. The wife is inferior to her husband. That is not what submission means. You're not inferior, ladies. So... As far as inheritance and gospel and worth and value and image of God, equal. But when when ladies, and I've heard it done, and I've had ladies in my face with little tapes they want me to listen to. When they go to Galatians where it says, there's therefore neither slave nor free nor Greek nor Jew nor male nor female. That passage was never intended to obliterate roles in the home. The point is, before God... When, when the gospel goes forth, it equally goes forth to Jews and Greeks and slaves and free and men and women. None of that matters. This is a free offer to everyone. And you can be adopted and ransomed and redeemed. It was never intended to obliterate roles and function in the home. But it does not mean that women are inferior to husbands. You are a fellow heir of the grace of God. Back to our 1 Peter 3 passage. It doesn't mean the husband is never wrong or perfect. God is the only perfect authority. Doesn't mean the husband's never wrong or perfect. And you say, what am I supposed to do if I think he's wrong? Well, Scripture says you should speak to him. And if it is truly sin, not if it's preference, but if it's truly sin then that's why you ought to be plugged into a good local church. It is not wrong for you, and I hope this doesn't rub you the wrong way, guys, because this is what they're supposed to do. If If you're not listening to them and you're not responding to her rebuke, she is to go to the elders of a church and tell the elders, and then the elders talk to you about that as well. So, ladies, it's not like, I'm just stuck. I have no recourse. Submission is not that the wife cannot think and should never speak. It's not that you turn your brain off and you never speak. He needs you. You're a helper suitable. So guys, you need her. The answer isn't, oh, what I really want is for her to never tell me anything about anything. That would not be wise. But ladies, I do have to say, once you've told him and you've made him aware of that, let it go. Let it go. Focus on the perfect picture of submission, the life of Christ. So again, just like with guys, we're going to Jesus for how to love and lead. Ladies, you're going to Jesus for perfect submission of what this looks like. And more than any other example we could give, then you know it certainly doesn't mean he was inferior to the people that he was submitting to. No way. Or that he was less intelligent. No way. Everything about him was better, and yet he submitted. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. And then he goes from there towards marriage and says, Likewise, you wives. He's connecting Jesus with you. Likewise, you wives, just like in Ephesians 5, he connected Jesus with the men and said, love her like Jesus loved the church and gave his life. Ladies, he's connecting Jesus to you and says, likewise, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some, it goes on to say, are not obedient to the word, they may be won by your chaste and obedient behavior. It actually says that they may be won. You know what the next phrase is? Without a word. Without a word. I know that's hard, but you will not word your man into godly living. It's so often you just think, you're you're just saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. Spend some time in this passage where it says that even if they're not obedient, they may be won. It's not O-N-E, it's W-O-N. By your, without a word, 
by your chaste and obedient behavior. What about the wife's perspective to show respect for her husband? The perspective to show respect. So again, God chose in Ephesians 5 to say to the men, love her, love her, love her. With the ladies, he chose to say, submit. Well, he, he says, love her, love her, love her, and honor her, honor her, show her honor. And ladies, for you, it's submit and respect. Show respect, show respect. What does it mean to respect your husband? Well, that word there in the, in the passage literally means to value, to regard, to notice, to honor, to prefer. What are some practical ways to show respect? What are some practical ways to show respect? Develop a godly attitude towards your husband. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man or woman thinks in her heart, so is she. If you go around thinking continually, woe is me, poor me, can't believe I have to be married to him, he, he's, he needs so much help, da, da, da. what you are thinking on a regular basis will show up in your behavior and it'll come out of your mouth. Matthew 15 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And here's my favorite definition of an attitude. I made it up, but I like it. An attitude is nothing more than a cluster of thoughts that you've thought often enough and consistently enough that they're just gnarled up together, and that's an attitude now. And you know it when you get around a man or woman that has an attitude, right? They're just sporting a tude. How'd that happen? They didn't just wake up and like, bam! The Bible teaches what you are thinking, what you are saying to yourself, what you are rehearsing to yourself. So Vicky, Vicky told me to say this right here, and it must be that she's struggled. I can't imagine. She said, don't be guilty of self-pity that you're continually saying to yourself, you have it so hard, and I have it so hard, and I can't believe that, oh, if just he would, oh, oh, oh. It's a choice to flip that, and what can you give thanks for What evidences of grace do you have? If you are thinking to yourself all the time about how hard you have it and how bad he is, you'll have an attitude and it will will come out in your behavior. Practice godly communication. I already touched on that with tone. Practice godly communication. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace. As those seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Seasoned with grace. Use words and tones that edify him. Tone matters. I think you got your blanks filled in now, don't you? Ask questions instead of making accusations. Oh, if you can find a way to ask it instead of saying it, do it. Ask, honey, what were you thinking the other night when you... (laughs) Instead of, you always, you did it again at the end of small group. Ah! We finally had to talk with each other because I told her, because it happened one night after small group, we're in bed. And I just said, honey, it's just like, this is not how to begin these things. It's like, it's like, ah! It's like, the, I call it the falcon has landed. And just starts ripping off flesh with her talons and her beak. And, and my natural response is to bow up and take a swat at the falcon. And like, I mean, it. It's just not a great way to start. Oh, sorry, honey bunny. Yeah, you seem so needy and hurt. No, you seem vicious. I said to her, see if you can seem needy. And let's start. And so we have this. We now say, honey, can I get your help on something? Now, we both know now. Oh, buckle up. She's going to tell me something. But that is better than, oh. You know? So I still know when she says, honey, can I get your help on something? I'm like, God of the heavens, help me. <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> Express gratitude frequently. I've been hitting on that. Be a thankful person. Avoid gossiping about him. Choose to believe the best about him. That's what 1 Corinthians 13 would say. Love keeps no record of wrong. Love believes all things and, is, and, and, and thinks the best. Don't try to change him. You don't have the ability or the authority You're not the fourth person of the Trinity. There's no vacancy in the Trinity. It's not God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and you working on this man. 
So what are some key concepts to remember? God has a plan and God's plan works. His roles for the home work by God's grace. Remember you, were, you made a vow before God. This is not like, oh, if this gets hard, I'm so out. And your potential is huge to influence him. You cannot change him. But there, as I said about Vicky in my life, there's no greater influence. No great. Your potential to influence is huge. So focus on being a good example. Focus on being a Proverbs 31 woman. Avoid the pitfalls. Vicky's listed those for you. I asked her, what are some of the biggest pitfalls that you think? And she's listed those there that she's been most guilty of.